1 Kings 18. Let's read uh, beginning at verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a rain storm. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the summit of Carmel. He bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go up and look toward the sea. So he went up, looked, and said, There's nothing. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. On the seventh time he reported, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming from the sea. Then Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Get your chariot ready and go down so the rain doesn't stop you. In a little while the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. So Ahab got in his chariot and went to Jezreel. And the power of Yahweh was on Elijah, and he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. Last week we began to look at this section in 1 Kings 18 by focusing on the prayer of Elijah. According to James chapter 5, it was Elijah's prayer that started the drought in Israel. And it was another prayer of Elijah after three and one half years that stopped the drought. And that second prayer that stopped the drought is recorded right here in 1 Kings 18 verse 42 where Elijah bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And that's the first aspect of prayer that we learned of last week. And that is that prayer equals humility. You acknowledge that you are Yahweh's servant. You bow down both in the physical and in the spiritual. You bow down before the controller of the universe. And the second point of prayer that I taught by way of review last week was how Yahweh's sovereignty, the fact that He is the controller of everything, should not stop us from praying anyhow. We must realize that one of the ways that Yahweh controls is through and by the prayers of His saints. He's the worker and our prayers are His utensils or tools that He uses upon the earth. See, Yahweh already told Elijah He would send the rain. 1 Kings 18 verse 1. But way on down in verse 42, Elijah still prays for the rain to be sent. And it is through Elijah's prayer that the rain stopped according to the book of James chapter 5 verses 17 through 18. So Yahweh stopped the rain. Elijah stopped the rain. Yahweh was using His servant. And your prayer, your prayer brother, your prayer sister, may be the means through which Yahweh will do something this coming week. So do not ever stop praying. Never. And that leads me to my third point about prayer that we learned from this text. It's found in verses 43 through 44, so let's read the text again. Verse 43, Then he said to his servant, Go up and look toward the sea. So he went up, looked, and said, There is nothing. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. And on the seventh time he reported, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming from the sea. Then Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Get your chariot ready and go down so the rain does not stop you. 
First off, can you imagine how excited Elijah's servant was when he realized it was about to rain? It hadn't rained for three and a half years. I can't tell you how excited I was after we had the two-month drought and it started to rain, and I went outside, and it rained. It was raining for the first time in two months, Brother Ron, and I went outside, and I just lifted my face up like this, and I just let the drops hit my face, and I said, Thank you, loving Father. Thank you, loving Father, for that rain. It was such a blessing. And I bet this servant here, after three and a half years, I cannot even compute that long without rain, but after three and a half years, I bet the servant was doing cartwheels on the inside when the rain was about to come, he saw that cloud. Now, here's the next point about prayer that I want you to glean from this, and that is this. I had originally planned on teaching on two more points, but I'm just going to stick with one point this week, and we'll cover the next one next week. The point for today's sermon is this, is that Yahweh does not always answer your prayers in the same way. He can answer a prayer immediately, or He can take a long time to answer a prayer. Yahweh can choose to do that. He's Yahweh. He can answer in the timing that He chooses to answer in based on His unlimited, perfect, controlling, sovereign knowledge. Think back to the contest that Elijah had with the prophets of Baal. They prayed and they chanted all day long. And they never received an answer from their mighty one. But Elijah prayed a small 30-second prayer and immediately received an answer from Yahweh. Just like that. And the answer was literal, actual fire fell down from heaven and consumed the wet altar. Now follow with me here. In this prayer, the one in the contest, Elijah received an immediate and a dramatic answer. It wasn't only immediate, it was dramatic. Fire fell from heaven. That's a lot of drama, isn't it? However, in the prayer for rain, his answer, the prayer for rain after the drought, His answer came not after one time, not after two times, not after three times, but after seven times. The answer was not immediate, nor was it dramatic. When the answer finally came after the seventh time of having the servant go and look toward the sea, the servant only found, finally, a small cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not very dramatic. If David told me, Dad, come outside, I see a cloud. And I went outside and I looked and I said, where is it at, David? He said, it's right over there. It's about the size of your hand, Daddy. That wouldn't be very dramatic. That wouldn't be very dramatic. But Yahweh was still going to answer his prayer. Not dramatic. Not on the first time. On the seventh time, though. And that's because Yahweh's timings vary. And when you pray to Yahweh, sometimes he will not answer you immediately. But he's not obligated to answer you immediately. Sometimes he chooses to answer you after the seventh time which teaches you and me to be persistent in prayer, not to give up, and not to become discouraged. Because He still listens. If you incline your ear towards His teachings and instructions, He still listens every time you pray. Even if the answer doesn't happen immediately, or there's not a lot of drama behind it, Yahweh is still hearing in heaven. Now, this is easier said than done. It's easier preached than practiced. And I'm not a preacher that's going to stand up here and act like you should be able to do this with no problem. Brothers and sisters, I get discouraged too. I get discouraged in prayer too. I face battles in my life. I face struggles in my life. And so does every other preacher on the planet. I could stand up here and I could tell you that I'm always persistent in my praying. I don't ever doubt. And I'm a spiritual prayer giant. 
but I would be lying if I told you that. And we ought never to lie, right? That's what Grandmama always said. We ought not tell a lie. So the truth is, I'm preaching this tonight because number one, it's biblical. And number two, I need to hear it. And you need to hear it. We all need to hear this message that Yahweh does not always answer us in the same timing when we pray, but that does not mean we should get discouraged. Now, look with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. We're going to look at a parable that ties in with 1 Kings 18 nicely. If you can remember 1 Kings 18, we've been in it for a while. Just think of Luke 18. You won't forget it, 2 18s. Luke 18, 1 through 7. Look at this with me. It's a parable that Yeshua gave us that goes along with our text in 1 Kings. Beginning at verse 1, Luke chapter 18. He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. So that's what the parable is about. There's a need. There's a need for us to pray always. I know you don't always feel like it because Brother Matthew doesn't always feel like it. I know the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I know that sometimes you pray and you pray and you pray and things just stay the same. Do you know how I know that? Because sometimes I pray and pray and things stay the same. I know sometimes you go back a second time and a third time and a fourth time and you still see no sign from above. Brothers and sisters, do not become discouraged. Keep praying and do not faint. Yahweh is still listening and sometimes He chooses to delay His answer And it could be for reasons only He knows because He is Yahweh and we are not. Verse 2. There was a judge in one town who did not fear the Almighty or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. So here we have a judge. He's a non-believer. He's not interested in the matters of Yahweh. He's not even interested in human rights. He doesn't respect man, the text says. Then we have this widow that lives in the town of this judge. Widows were often neglected in biblical days. They're often neglected now. People, family and friends, etc. would slowly forget about a widow. And oftentimes she would end up just living all alone, staring at the walls, nobody to talk to. That's why there's so many scriptural admonitions for us to take care of the widows. Right? If a widow has family... Families to take care of her. She has no family and she meets the qualifications in 1 Timothy 5. She's above 60. She's washed the saints' feet. She's been faithful to the church. It's the church's responsibility to take care of that widow in that case. Read 1 Timothy 5. Yahweh knows that you and I need to be reminded to take care of the widows. Amen? Well, this widow woman kept coming to this unbelieving judge. She did not just ask him once. She kept on asking him. How many times did she ask him, Brother Matthew? The text does not say. But look at what it does say. Verse 4. For a while he, that is the judge, was unwilling. But later he said to himself, Even though I do not fear the Almighty or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. The text doesn't tell us how many times that she asked the judge, but it does tell us that he was beginning to feel wore out because she had come to him so many times. 
She kept asking the judge until he granted her request. She needed justice doled out upon her adversary. And she did not stop asking for that justice until the unbelieving judge said, okay, okay, that's enough. I will give you what you want. She continued to go to the judge. Remember Yeshua's words in verse 1? He told a parable that we ought always to pray and not become discouraged. The judge finally said, I'll give you justice. And it was because she kept coming to him over and over and over again. Now, when I was putting this sermon together, it reminded me of one of my favorite movies of all time. The title of the movie is called Shawshank Redemption. There's this guy in Shawshank named Andy Dufresne, and he's placed into a hardcore prison. He's accused and he's convicted of murder, but he's not guilty. Well, Andy ends up spending about 30 years almost in prison, but during his time there, he asks the warden, can I have some funds to get some new library books? I want to build a library here in this prison. Hardened criminals. The warden says no, but then Andy asks him again, would it be okay for me to write the state senate one letter every week, request funds for new library books for the prison? Andy tells the warden these exact words in the movie. He says, they can't ignore me forever. But the warden says, they sure can. But, the warden continues, you write your letters if it makes you happy, and I'll tell you what, I'll mail them for you. In the movie, six years pass, and Andy's built up quite a name for himself. He was, he had some wisdom and knowledge in accounting before he got into, into prison, and so he was doing everybody's taxes. He was doing the warden's taxes. He was doing the deputy's taxes. <laughs> they'd all bring them to him, and he'd, he'd know exactly what to deduct, and they, they loved Andy. And one day, a shipment came for Andy, and there was a letter inside the shipment, and that letter said this, quote, Dear Mr. Dufresne, in response to your repeated inquiries, the state has allocated the enclosed funds for your library project. And Andy looks at one of the deputies that's standing beside him, and he says, this is $200. And then he continues to read the letter, and he continues, and the letter says this, In addition, the library district has generously responded with a charitable donation of used books and sundries. We trust this will fill your needs. We now consider the matter closed. Please stop sending us letters. The deputy looks over at Andy Dufresne and he says, Good for you, Andy. And Andy looks back at him and he smiles. I'll always laugh at this part. I've seen the movie several times. Andy smiles and says, It only took me six years. From now on, I'm going to write two letters a week instead of one. <laughs> See, Andy had the same mindset as the widow, another fictitious character, in the parable. I'll keep asking. I won't give up. I won't get discouraged. I'll be persistent, even if it takes six years. Yeah. Listen next to what Yeshua says in Luke 18, verse 6. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. See, Yeshua is pulling from this parable about this non-believing judge, and he's making an argument from the lesser, that's the non-believing judge, to the greater, that's the judge of all the earth. In other words, if the unbelieving judge, the lesser, granted the widow's request, how much more will Yahweh, the greater judge, answer the request of his child? Verse 7 says, Will not the Almighty grant justice to his elect, who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? Those two questions are rhetorical in nature, and that means they're asked to prove a point, and the answer should be obvious. 
Yes, Yahweh will grant justice to His elect who cry out to Him day and night. And yes, He will help them. And when His proper time comes, the answer will be granted quickly or swiftly. Notice the next verse, verse 8. I tell you that He will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find that faith on earth? Swift in the parable does not mean that the answer comes after your first prayer. That would contradict the entire intent of the parable. Swift or swiftly, swift justice, rather means that when Yahweh's time is proper, by His timing, the justice or the answer will be granted swiftly or suddenly. That's one of the uses of that Greek word in that text. Do we pray like this? I want you to notice what Yeshua says at the end here in verse 8. He says, will He find this kind of faith upon the earth at His coming? I think Yeshua's question, I think it's another rhetorical question, and I think His point is that He'll find it, but it's rare. He's going to find it, but it's not common. There's only a few people with it. There's not many people like the widow. We want and we ought to be like this widow in the parable. But when the Son of Man comes, will He find this type of faith on the earth. This is the kind of faith that us as servants of Yahweh and followers of Yeshua should have, but we often lack this kind of faith. I believe that Yeshua's question in verse 8 implies that the faith is not impossible, but that it's only found in a few. And that's because we often only pray when a need arises. Only when we're faced with trouble. Only when something bad happens and we need help do we pray. Well, the parable teaches us that prayer should be something we ought always to do. I'm telling you this parable, Yeshua says, so that you would keep on praying and not get discouraged. Every day we should pray to Yahweh, at least one time a day. Our brother Daniel did it three times a day while he was exiled in Babylon. Three times a day he would pray. The apostles would go up to the temple to pray in the first century every day at the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer was probably the time of the morning and evening sacrifices. And there would be two of them each day. When you go to Yahweh in prayer, like I taught about in 1 Kings 18, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man that James talks about, that's Elijah's prayer in verse 42. It doesn't have to be a dramatic prayer. It doesn't have to be an eloquent prayer. It's just you talking to Abba. He's our Father. You talk to Him like a father. Yahweh's not impressed by the strength of a man or the power of a horse, the Bible says. He's not impressed with our eloquent words. He's impressed with this, the heart and the mind. It's dedicated upon Him. It's concentrated upon Him. Not with the words you say, not what accents you say. Yahweh doesn't look down upon me because I speak with a southern drawl. Yahweh doesn't look down upon a northerner because they talk different than I do. Yahweh's not interested in that. He wants your heart and your mind. He wants it to be directed to Him. We should pray at least one time a day. Prayer should not be a spare tire that we get out when life gives us a flat. Prayer should be a tire that we drive on all the time. All the time. We should remain persistent just like Elijah. Yahweh told him the rain was coming, so he prayed. And he told the man, go look. The man come back and said, I don't see anything. He said, go look again. Time two. Goes and looks, come back. I don't see nothing. Go look again. Time three. Did this seven times. Finally on that seventh time. Finally, on that seventh time, the man was probably thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? I mean, I don't understand what you want me to do. Elijah, go back, time five. Go back, time six. Seventh time, I see a cloud the size of a, a man's hand. 
Elijah says, get ready. Ahab, you better get on your chariot and you better go because there's a rainstorm coming. And the power of Yahweh struck Elijah so powerful that he tucked his mantle into his belt and he outran the chariot to Jezreel. Hello. I'm not talking about a movie. I'm not talking about the Avengers. I'm talking about a real man of Yahweh outrunning a chariot. Now I'll get to this more, but what that symbolizes is that the king Ahab has to follow the prophet Elijah. The king can't get up here in front of the prophet and think he's going to rule properly. He's got to follow the prophet of Yahweh. The prophet of Yahweh is in line with the laws of Yahweh, like a Samuel, like an Elijah, like an Elisha. And the king's got to follow the laws of Yahweh, what that prophet represents. That's why, that's the symbolism behind why Elijah got to run in front of Ahab and Ahab had to follow him even though he was on chariot and horse and Elijah was on foot. That's pretty fast, brothers and sisters. In closing, let me close with this. Some of you here may not be praying at all right now in your life. Some of you may have prayed but now have given up. Some of you may be on your seventh time. Some of you may be on your 77th time. Hello? hello. Amen? That's okay. It's all right. Sometimes I feel like I'm on my 177th time when I pray. And I'm wondering why, why Yahweh, have you not done anything? This lesson is for all of you and this lesson is for me. See, Yahweh's not the unjust judge. He's much greater than that. He's a loving father to his children. So you keep on going to him in prayer. You remain humble. You bow down before him. But you keep on going to him. You keep on praying. You don't get discouraged. Read Luke 18. Read it every morning if you got to. I recently prayed for something very serious in my life. I prayed for it for about three months. I wanted the answer the first time I prayed. Yahweh didn't give it. I asked him specifically what to do to help me see the answer. He didn't give it to me. It took him three months. I was very discouraged in my life, but I kept on asking Yahweh to give me an answer. And you know what? When he granted me my answer, it came swiftly. It came suddenly. It came unexpectedly. It came at a time and in a way that I did not realize was going to happen. But I knew when the answer came that it was the answer because I had been praying for it for three months. And Yahweh said it right in front of me. He said, Matthew, here's your answer that you're seeking for. Here's your fleece. Here's your sign. I was like Gideon. And he answered me. He answered me in his way and in his timing. And mind you, I mentioned this in testimony service. He did not give me the answer that I wanted. I didn't get the answer that I wanted. But he gave me the answer that I needed. I stand here before you today because he gave me the answer that I needed. He answered me because he loves me. And it's not because of anything I am in myself but it's simply because I'm His child. And when I pray, He listens to me. And He does the same for all of His children. So brother, don't stop praying. Sister, keep on asking. My friends, keep kneeling down over and over and over and over again. Because Yahweh is listening. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Yahweh, thank you for being a loving Father. 
Thank you for loving us. Thank you for scolding us when we go astray. Help us to pray to you. Father, I feel like I try to carry too much weight on my shoulders. So help me, help all of us realize that we cannot fix anything. You're the craftsman. You give the increase. We've been given such a great blessing and a gift in prayer. Help us to use your gift often, each day, throughout each day, multiple times a day. Let us be like Daniel three times a day. And help us to not become discouraged when in your sovereignty you choose to answer us at a different time than we want. Help these things to be so. The Spirit is willing, more than willing. The Father of the flesh is weak. I pray all of this in and through your Son, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Shall we bless you? Shalom.